This is Henry Brigman, and you're listening to Sweet Home PCB. And this episode is part one of a series that we're talking to Shana Armstrong, the team leader of Keller Williams Success Realty, talking about how to get into the business, how to stay in the business, and how to make this business successful. In fact, Shana, you have a little bit different story than some of us. How did you get started here at Keller Williams? I came to Keller Williams about almost two years ago, and I was a uh, top agent with a different brokerage uh, for two years before I came here. And what brought me here is because my background is in talent development and training. Um, I got my master's in talent development and training. It's something that I've always been passionate about and helping other people grow. And in the real estate industry, industry, you don't see a lot of um, talent development as far as uh, developing your real estate agents. It's kind of come in, sit down, and hopefully you sell something, right? Baptism by fire. Mm -hmm. And so I thought when I saw originally when I came as our director of career development, what a unique concept. They hire um, leadership staff just to help their agents grow through coaching and development. And I thought, that's amazing. Uh, So that's what brought me here. My culture and my belief system is very in line with Keller Williams' cultures and belief system. So everything I had learned about the real estate business before really was already here um, with our beliefs and our Ignite system and our coaching system and how we want to treat our clients with the 10 plus plus experience. So that's what brought me here. Dana Alexander, the team leader with Keller Williams Success Realty is with us today on Sweet Home PCB. And of course, there's so many wonderful reasons to be here. You know, everybody just loves each other over here. You've, have you noticed that? Yes, I love it. It's just one of those things where it really does. When, when people say that we're family, around here. We really are. There's so many things that I love about being at Keller Williams, but one particular thing is our education. Mm-hmm. Our education is you know, one of the, the huge drawings of Keller Williams uh, because we have, to me personally, I believe the best education tools and systems here for our agents. And we offer trainings daily that can help our agents grow their business and help them live their life by design through educating themselves to best help their clients. What are some recommendations you would have if somebody was wanting to become a realtor today? You know, real estate agent, you become a realtor once you join Central Panhandle Association of Realtors, Emerald Coast, any of the other ones around uh, as part of the National Association of Realtors and the Florida Association of Realtors. What are some things that you would recommend people to do to get prepared for this? I would definitely recommend preparing your database, especially as you're in real estate school, because getting a pipeline and getting people in your database as you're going through it uh, is, is crucial to having transactions closing as soon as you get licensed. I would definitely recommend, you know, having a real reality check with yourself and thinking, am I ready for this? Because I, a lot of people see on TV, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of HGTV and Selling Sunset as well, but we know as realtors that that's not how life works. And the glitz and glam that we see on these shows on TV is not the real life of a realtor. You know, the real life is negotiations, understanding contracts, lead generation, and doing yourself a huge mindset check daily uh, help motivate yourself to accomplish your goals. So making sure before you get into this industry that you're prepared to truly be a business owner. That's what it is at the end of the day is you're running a business. You're an independent contractor with the brokerage and you have to be prepared to hold yourself accountable and educate yourself to best help your clients. You know, the worst thing that you can do as a new agent, no matter what you do, is get that paycheck get that first commission check and spend the whole thing. Absolutely. As someone who is an independent contractor, so 1099, you're paying Mm self-employment. You're having to pay quarterly. Mm -hmm. You're not paying annually. If you pay annually, you've got that nice little penalty that they add on to it Mm -hmm. for Mm self-employment. Check with your CPA for more details on that. Okay, I had to make sure I got that disclaimer in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And have you noticed that a lot of our training, we have Gene Rivers, uh, who's one of the operating partners. He's also one of the top leaders in education mm-hmm. for all of Keller Williams worldwide. Mm-hmm. And he's he's one of just a few that are allowed to 
teach certain classes. Yes. That's one of the things really strikes me as a huge plus here is because he's in house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't have to go to California to hear what he has to say. And with a lot of the education that we do and a lot of the extra classes that we do, and the fact that we open up our office and we open up our training for everyone, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. The number one problem we have really on the outside is contracts. If you don't get the negotiation right, if you forget something, oh man, the worst thing you can possibly do is not get that contract right and cost your client money because you left in something that shouldn't have been there. I've seen examples, I've had examples, where they forgot to disclose that the you know, patio furniture wasn't part of the package. Cost that seller 1500 bucks. Mm-hmm. Very hard to swallow that. I can't imagine. Whenever somebody comes to talk to me about real estate and thinking about getting into the industry, and especially someone who just started or is struggling, my number one tip is, do you know the contract? Do you understand contracts? And you know, when it when someone says to me, no, I'll learn that as it comes, right? That's a, you know, something that I say, whoa, um, that's the number one thing that you need to understand. That's, and this is my personal opinion, uh, but that's so crucial to the deal and taking time to educate yourself on what you're sharing with your clients. Don't leave that up for interpretation of, you know, for the client to read. As the realtor, you need to understand that contract and what you're sending someone else to read and uh, to help them. So that's always my number one tip is get get the contract, read it, understand what it says so that you can better help your client. Especially right now as we are, you know, thinking, uh, you know, that we're seeing the market change, right? We had, what, 1,600 listings recently and what, two months ago, there was 700. Something's changing and making sure that if you're gonna stick out, you are well-versed in what the contract says. When I think of someone that's a great agent, even before I was in real estate, I thought of a great negotiator, someone very educated in what they're doing, and not you know someone that has cute heels on and is uh, is showing <laughs> homes all day long, right? Yeah. The, the, the top agent is um, educated and a good negotiator. There's a lot of people out there that thinks that our whole lives, everything is based on HGTV, mm-hmm. and it's not. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine being able to just show three houses, they pick the one, and that's it? How easy would that be? I know. Mm-hmm. And of course, if, if, you, if you don't remember, uh, Shana came from a background of being a top agent at another brokerage, actually working with her mother. Mm-hmm. She also, you know, has that background with the MBA. She understands a lot of things, especially about talent, about helping people learn and grow. And that's the most important thing is helping you to learn and grow because you've got to understand that we're not HGTV agents. We are real live neighbors that live, work, play, worship, everything with you. We're the ones that you come to when you have a problem, when you have an issue, where there's things that we can do to help guide you. One of the things that we do here inside the office for agents is guide them, Mm -hmm. especially with education, especially learning about those contracts and uh, learning about our technology. And there's so many things that they can learn, but they have to take that step. Yeah, you have to show up. You have to be present. You have to motivate yourself, hold yourself accountable to come take the class and learn from others. You know, being learning based is, you know, the best mindset to have so that you can continually grow. The real estate market changes every day, right? And if you're not learning based, you're not open to change or learning something new. And that's so important to come take the education, be present, learn from others. You know, the statistic I heard recently was mega agents statistically spend 61 days a year in the training. That's a mega agent. That's someone that is doing high volume and they're spending 61 days of the year in a training. It's not all in one time, mm-hmm. but it's throughout the year. Yeah. And you do set aside time. And that's that's another reason too. Uh, you time block. You time block to help out not only with lead generation and helping out and showings and all that, but you need to have time for education because this industry changes 
a lot. We've had a lot of changes in the past year with our contracts. We all had to learn that. We had to pay closer attention to a lot of things involving contracts, writers, affidavits, all this type of stuff. But one of the things that really gets me as an experienced agent is when folks just don't know. I know that sometimes you have to help others. It doesn't matter. I mean, even though I do primarily listing uh, and I do buying as well, but I do a lot of listings and I have to help a lot of agents kind of get to that step, no no matter the brokerage, Mm -hmm. because the thing is, if I'm helping somebody to learn and grow and do better, I'm also investing in my career because I now have another person I can work with Mm -hmm. that can understand the process a little bit better and maybe just maybe they're able to help their clients a lot more because it helps all of us mm-hmm. yes absolutely and before i forget too speaking of congratulations on your business henry i mean what you're doing is outstanding you are um you know only what about three years into the business and you're one of our top agents you're on our associate leadership council and you're mostly listing heavy when i look at your numbers so congratulations to you And, you know, speaking of, I think what sparked this podcast conversation was our associate leadership council meeting the other day. And and here at Keller Williams, we have a set of agents in our market center that are our associate leadership council that help us because as uh, leaders here in our market center, uh, myself including, we do not compete against our agents. So we're not out there, you know, lead generating for deals with customers. We're here to help our agents, our customers customers instead. But our associate leadership council is out there doing it every day. They know exactly what's going on in the market. They see what's going on and they meet with us monthly and kind of give us a good idea of what's going on because we're not out there doing it every day. And we want to be there to better educate our agents as well based on what we're hearing is going on, right? So we had a meeting on Tuesday We talked a lot about, you know, what's going on in the market, what we're seeing, um, and what we can do to better help each other. So exactly what you're just talking about, sometimes as a listing agent or even a buyer's agent, you know, sometimes the other person isn't as well-versed in what's going on, and you have to help the other one to get the transaction closed. And not be Mm -hmm. mean about it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Win-win or no deal. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the reason that's the reason why we do the things we do. One thing that we were talking a lot about, and I know that you'll be able to comment on it with the business that you do, is things are different now. It's different than four months ago. You know, uh, listings aren't necessarily going under contract right away with 10 offers in, you know, right when we list it. So we, as agents, have to be prepared to deal with the difference and what could be going on. So what are you seeing out there as primarily a listing agent. Just a few months ago, let's say April, listed a house in Lynn Haven. Six hours after we put it online, it's already under contract. Wow. Today, I have a listing at Lake Town Wharf that was under contract. Unfortunately, buyer couldn't get the financing. But next person came in and today, boom, it's under contract again after being online for almost three months. Wow. It's making a difference as it's slowing down the number of multiple offers that we're getting depending on the price point Mm -hmm. and depending on the property. Because in our region, we're dealing not only with uh, family housing, we're also dealing with second home and vacation rentals. We're dealing with commercial properties. We're dealing with all sorts of different areas of real estate, but we are somewhat shielded from what the national numbers are because of what we have here. Because of Tyndall Air Force Base and the F-35s that are coming, all the people that are coming here for the rebuild mm-hmm. of what's going to be probably the most best Air Force Base that there is. But this is going to be a great place. I mean, look at Callaway. Look at all the growth and all the houses that are being built. Yeah. They're not being built as fast as we would like, Mm -hmm. but they are being built. Mm -hmm. One of the other issues we have, of course, is affordable housing. We're still working toward that. There are all sorts of options for that that we've gone over many times here on the podcast on our uh, Facebook page, Sweet Home PCB. You've got the Hometown Heroes plan. Mm -hmm. You've got Rehouse Bay. Mm -hmm. 
You've got all sorts of options. But the one thing that you have to have is the education and know what these things are. Thankfully, uh, here in the office, I mean, we do a lot of training for that. We also have opportunities through CPAR to learn Mm -hmm. and grow as well because, in fact, they have a class on Hometown Heroes coming up. We're going to be doing some seminars here at the office with the Sweet Home PCB team. We're not official, but we are kind of, you know. Uh, My whole group that I work with, we're going to be doing some seminars here at the office here at the beach and also at the city and the luxury office, uh, helping people understand what's going on. Because the number one part of my job here is to help educate, help educate, you know, the folks that I mentor, help educate my fellow agents, help educate my clients. And of course, all of you that listen to the podcast, that is the most important part of becoming a a real estate agent, period, Mm -hmm. is education. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I remember when I was doing a deal one night and I was trying to get everything together and uh, my husband said to me, Shayna, there's way too many hands in the pot in this transaction. You know, you've got the lender, you've got the title company, you've got the home inspector, you've got the other side that you're talking to all these people and at this time also educating the other people involved because just like we're seeing now, the person on the other side of the deal sent me a blank contract and, you know, so really making sure, you know, you're whether you're here at Keller Williams or somewhere else as an agent, you know, being able to, like we said, having a friendly conversation and so that we can get the transaction closed and so that it is a win-win or no deal. But yes, you're going to have to, you know, be educated and be open to educating others. This is not an easy job. Mm -hmm. We can set our own hours until we have phone calls and texts and everything else from clients that need to have something right then and there. Yeah, we can set boundaries. We can do all this other stuff. The thing is, this is not a nine to five job. If you're looking to get into real estate, you have to understand that the hours could be flexible to your family life and what needs to be. There are people that work part-time. There are people that work full-time. It really depends on what is best for you and how you're going to do your business. I've seen some folks that did okay and made their budgets and all doing part-time. They also had a very large sphere of influence, the the number of the people that they know, mm-hmm. you know, whether they're a, a teacher or a nurse or, you know, really in any really industry where you get to talk to a lot of people, mm-hmm. radio people, imagine there are so many radio and television people. There was an Atlanta television meteorologist uh, that is one of the top agents in Atlanta now. Wow. It's just, I mean, go figure. But the reason is we have people want to help. They learn, they grow. And I think you've heard this like, I don't know, probably a thousand times already. Learn and grow. That is the whole recipe mm-hmm. to becoming a above average and better agent. Absolutely. And it's so interesting that you mentioned that and somebody having a sphere and that's why they're doing so good because the top agent typically has three legion sources. There are many, many legion sources that we could name and think of and, you know, talk about, but mastering three of them and then sticking with three of them, you know, not reinventing the wheel, what is best for that agent, whether you're part-time or full-time, you really have to figure out where your, your leads are coming from and what three that you're going to master so that you can build your pipeline up. So what would you say, Henry, are your three that you, you know, really focus on? One is, well, one, what we're doing right now, (laughs) my educating through different media, because I've been in media since the mid 80s. Yeah, they call me the KW grandpa now. Mm-hmm. Having the opportunity to talk to people through radio, and on radio, I don't say anything about real estate. I talk about whatever, you know, is going on there. On Beach 95.1 is not about real estate. Mm-hmm. It's about the community. This podcast is all about the panhandle, and it just so happens that one of the big issues that we have is, of course, real estate and new agents and how to help them to learn and grow. A lot of the areas from my lead generation comes from, of course, this broadcast, the podcast, Mm -hmm. broadcasting on Beach 95.1, social media, uh, 
So that's all kind of up in one area. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, the sphere of influence. We have a lot of people from where I grew up. Of course, I'm originally from Warner Robins, Georgia. So I'm, I've dealt with all sorts of people in Georgia forever and ever. Uh, a lot of those folks are coming here and buying second homes and vacation homes and condos. That's where a lot of my business comes from, uh, is a lot of these people that are coming from out of town. Uh, I also help, help local people just being a part of the community. Mm-hmm. I've had opportunities where I can help out people find single family housing, just exactly what they need, simply being myself in the community. There's nothing worse than a secret agent. Yes, can't be a secret agent. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what that is, that is somebody who comes to the classes, doesn't do anything with it, goes home, plays on the internet, doesn't talk to anybody, and expects everything to come to them. Mm-hmm. Reality check, folks. This is where the dad hat comes on. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. It ain't happening, folks. Being the fact that we do a lot of community events, it gives us opportunities to do that. Of course, we just had some community events. We just saw at the KW Red Day, which, of course, is all about giving back to our community Mm -hmm. in which we serve. We also had a very special day that we worked with CPAR. Yeah, we did the Build Day, and that was really great because that is our Keller Williams culture is giving back, right? And Red Day, yes, happens once a year, the official Red Day, but Red Day is, you know, it can be a different act of kindness into the community and giving back. Uh, so that was for the Habitat of Humanity, and that was a great day. When they said that, when we went, and they, the people with CPAR said, this is the largest brokerage turnout that we've seen so far. Like, that was the best feeling uh, to hear that. So that was an important day for us. I think it's important to give back. I yes. think, And that's the reason why we do the things we do, is like, you've got to give back. That's another thing that helps you if you're a new agent, is to actually just get out, be seen, and do things. Do things from the heart. Don't do things from the wallet. Mm -hmm. That's really the the whole idea and what you do when you start is to get to know people, kind of get out of that shell. If for any reason you just feel too shy to do it, we can help. There's no reason to not attempt it, not try. Mm -hmm. There are experienced agents here that will help you and guide you also. Co-list, co-buy. I do this all the time. I will co-list, co-buy with anybody, no matter the brokerage, to help them because that is what we do. That's Mm -hmm. what we're all about. Keller Williams is not just real estate. We're about education. We're about giving back to the community. We're about making sure that the clients are taken care of better than family even better than family we want you to feel good about the transaction we want you to make sure you know what you're signing how many times in your career did you have people that didn't realize what they signed well i made sure that they did know what they signed uh, because i wanted to go back and follow up and let's read this together so that they they are fully aware right but when we talk about knowing what they signed and kind of backtracking, which we talked about this at our our ALC meeting the other day too, I've sent contracts, you know, via DocuSign and two seconds later I get it back and it's completely signed by the the client and to me that was, okay, red flag, they didn't read this and that's not good. So making sure that I could go back and say, hey, you know, let's read it. If you have a question, you know, I'm here. And that's what was brought up is that we're seeing people do that, um, which is, you know, kind of scary. But we as agents kind of have to slow them down and say, you know, understand what you're getting yourself into, read the document. And that's, you know, one thing I know that the ALC said that they're doing to prevent buyer fallout, to prevent listings getting canceled, you know, making sure the client knows what they're getting into so that we don't have something come up later. And I think that's one of the things, you know, you see in the news, as, as we were mentioning with, with just that, uh, a lot of contracts falling through, a lot of people getting out of the contract, Uh, A lot of times that does come from not being educated about what's in the contract, what uh, to expect, what to know. Uh, I do my best personally to to try to do uh, the net sheets, let let people know what they're going to have to pay estimated at closing. Yes, absolutely. Big fan of that. I mean, that is like one of the, the, there's, it's the most embarrassing moment when you're there at the closing table and then you realize, I need to bring another $1,000. I don't have it. 
that is not a good way to have your client feel. Mm-hmm. And a guaranteed way for, well, where I come from, you get your butt kicked. Mm-hmm. But uh, you don't want to do that with it with, with anybody. Uh, you want to be tra- fair, transparent, trustworthy. Uh, you want to make sure that it's not just about the transaction. Uh, but most importantly, make sure you educate the people. Make sure they know what they're signing mm-hmm. and what's going to be expected because yes when you're closing there's going to be some money that's going through you need to you know sit down and that's one of the reasons why we're going to be doing these seminars coming up is because they can they can directly ask a person from the title company what is the deal with doc stamps what is this all about mm-hmm. yep and that's what the the title company is there for you know what where what uh, i think it was today we did a um we did a training on on path to get paid and the steps to take because really, you know, you do the fun part, you show the homes, and then you get to the nitty gritty getting from transaction to close. And we talked about building relationship with your vendor partners. Like, you know, you should know different title company options, lender options, um, home inspector options, survey options. Like that's so important so that you can have those partners to work with to get the transaction closer to closing so that you feel comfortable asking the title company, you know, where's that statement that I need? Where's the CD three days before closing so that nothing is being missed and your client knows exactly what they're getting into. What's one of the reasons you think people are just not following through and and taking those classes? I think it's important to mention, too, that when we're not seeing it, it's not necessarily in-house, right? It's not yes. our it's not our Keller Williams uh, success realty agents. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen, but when we talk about buyer fall-through that we're seeing, we're seeing it from, and you can correct me, Henry, because I'm going off of what I heard at the ALC meeting, you see it every day, is, you know, probably agents not being prepared to handle the transaction from under contract to close and staying in contact and in the loop with their client so that they understand each step of the way so that they can get the deal to close. That's why we're transaction brokers is we're getting the transaction closed and using both parties, you know, the listing side and the buy side have to be fully invested in helping each other to get to close. And that you can comment more on this, but I think that's probably some of the issue is that you're not, you know, as an agent, you have to be educated enough with the classes, whether it's CPAR, whether it's taking a class here at Keller Williams Success realty to take that the initiative to get it to closing and you know side note if you're an agent listening to this and you're not here with Keller Williams success realty our classes are open to all brokerages it's not just us we want everyone educated so that we can close the deal with both sides and that's another thing we talked about is you know hey if we're seeing someone that is struggling carrying the transaction on their side friendly note to them come to one of our classes they're open. Come sit in a path to get paid class. Come sit in a transaction to close a contract class with one of our top agents. So that's my my thought process on it. But what are you seeing? Really a lot of folks going, thinking about the 100% no feed, no blah, 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 blah stuff. Uh, they're, they're going into this and they're not really getting the education they need. They're not getting the assistance they need. They're getting brokers that are taking half of their money and they're doing all the work, you know, doing all the, you know, setting up for an open house, mm-hmm. you know, doing showings and not getting anything for it. Mm-hmm. Because really in our business, we, we don't get paid until the transaction closes. Yep. All those house showings, all those looking at places, all that research, we don't get paid till closing. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people forget that and new agents forget that. And then they get upset because I'm not making any money. How am I going to do this? Well, you, you could do what my grandpa always told me. What did he tell you? Get off your butt and work. Mm-hmm. Talk to the people. Mm-hmm. He was a constable in Coffee County, Georgia. Retired, forgot, I was probably a 10 or 11 by the time he finally retired. I remember him wearing that uniform. And he knew everybody. Mm-hmm. He went out there and he talked to everybody. Everybody knew Isaac Brigman. They all knew. They knew exactly, you know, old bull, he's a good guy. He'll help you out. Well, that was some of the best advice he ever gave me because that really drove me, uh, not only in my broadcast career, but of course now full-time real estate. It really has helped me to grow and learn and remind myself that you can't stay stuck inside an office. You can't stay waiting by the 
phone. Of course, uh, in, in the old days of radio sales, it used to be where you just sit there by a fax machine and an order would come in because we were at one of the big radio stations. Well, life doesn't happen that way. Real estate doesn't happen that way. And if you're not educating, if you're not a part of the community, if you're not being a part of the solution, they won't do business with you. They will not do business with you at all. Mm-hmm. That's not what you need to do. That's the worst thing you can possibly do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of that, um, you know, we're, we're not getting paid till it closes. And, you know, I, one of my favorite quotes is, you are what you do, not what you say you'll do. And that, when we think about coaching and mindset, you know, something I personally have always kept in mind because we can say one thing, but what are we doing, you know, grow our sphere or grow our business? Uh, so that's just one thing I like to think about. But, you know, when we talk about the MREA, which stands for Millionaire Real Estate Agent, you know, a book that hopefully most of our agents here have read. Um, It's very insightful, whether you're here or not. Um, You know, you should absolutely read it if you're thinking about getting into real estate. But there's a lot in there about controlling your finances. And I think sometimes people get that check at closing like you were talking about and just because you made five thousand dollars doesn't mean you should go spend five thousand dollars like that's another one of my best tips for someone is because it can be very exciting right especially when it's a big check oh ten thousand dollars this month but then if you spend ten thousand this month you didn't put any aside you know you may not have a closing next month it's not promised then you're gonna find yourself like kind of henry was just saying getting out of the business because it's not really you're not really making any money if you're just turning around spending the money and you have to self-discipline yourself as well whether you're a new agent experienced agent especially if you're an experienced agent educate yourself on how to control your finances so that you are living your best life and achieving whatever goals that you want um we talk a lot about that with um the alc as well when we talk about profit and loss what do you think is the best advice as far as you know controlling a PL and controlling your finances. Learn the word no. I think it's important to, to be gracious, to be kind. There's a lot of folks out there that are going to call you up. Every time I, I have a listing that pops up, I have 12 calls or 50 emails, it seems like, from people wanting me to advertise that somewhere or to uh, buy their product or whatever to help me promote my listings. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, you know, I've got 35 years of marketing experience. I I was a digital sales manager, broadcast sales manager. I, I did all that stuff, but I'm not going to hand over my business to somebody from a phone call just because they called. The same thing happens in real estate because those clients out there, your neighbors and your friends, aren't gonna do it just because you called them. Exactly. You've got to get to know them. you got to listen. Mm-hmm. That's why the good Lord gave you two ears and one mouth. But that's what we are. That's we're supposed to listen more than talk. Mm-hmm. A lot of people wonder about that because I run my mouth so much on this thing. Really, that is part of the thing. Because if they don't, if you don't gain the trust and if you don't then follow up and do the things you said you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yes, never, never over promise and under deliver. That is my, another best yes. practice. Oh, <laughs> Absolutely. It doesn't matter what business you're in. Yeah. That's the main thing. If you Because really, if you do that, you're going to lose business, you're going to lose credibility, and you'll end up doing something else in the next six months. Mm-hmm. And of course, as the market changes and the way things are going, it's taking longer to sell a house. It's taking a little bit more negotiation. It's still a seller's market. We're just a little more than two months of inventory available here in our five-county area for the Central Panhandle Association of Realtors. But it is rising slowly. Mm-hmm. It's not in that buyer's market area where you've got six months of inventory. It's not there yet. It may not be there for a long time, especially in this market because of the high demand. We still have a lot of buyers coming in. You've got the buyers that were coming in that were cash buyers that were investing in the uh, condos and the rental properties and and things. They've slowed down some. They're watching the stock market. They're watching what's going on uh, with rates because that there's a side to that with the financial side. And we'll let our financial 
people talk more about that part. I'm no longer qualified to do that since I no longer have that license. (laughs) Got to think about that. I don't want Jimmy Patronus to give me a call. But I tell you, what what we have to do is pay close attention to what we say, what we do, and if we make that promise, you need to deliver. I had a great conversation yesterday, speaking of finances, right, uh, with a, a mega agent who's been in the business like 25 years, and we were talking about the MREA and talking about controlling your finances because right now, if things, yes, you have 10 listings, congratulations, but they're not going under contract that day, like we were seeing before, right? And when we were talking about you know controlling your finances Uh, she said to me I have this listing it's gonna close and as I'm doing my record keeping of what's going on I'm gonna be in the red wow you know um, she's like I I overspent on the marketing on the time the gas to get out there for this and it's going to really not benefit or profit me to close this and she said I've got to pay more attention to what I'm spending while I'm doing this and I think that's so important um, especially right now I mean always as a, as a realtor you know but you know if you're heavy on the listing side and you know you're not going under contract right away that's that right. you know something to to make sure you're really taking control of uh, definitely uh, one of the things is because I stay involved in the community I try to you know I help both both sides I don't really do anything with rentals I prefer to hand off to somebody that has more time effort experience in those contracts mm-hmm. i think that's one of the most important things also is somebody is looking for a real estate agent of whatever caliber whatever they're looking for they need to have experience in what you're wanting to do yeah because really we were taught when we got our license that if we weren't qualified we didn't do it mm-hmm. uh, i remember that in that class i remember that you know taking broker classes now uh, of what you need to do and what you don't need to do over promising under delivering is the absolute doesn't matter what industry is the worst thing you can ever do mm-hmm. uh, followed by lying yeah because lying, you know, if, if you say you're going to do something and you're just not going to do it and you're just rolling your eyes on, on the phone, folks, you don't need to be in this business because you've got to have respect for your clients. You've got to have respect for your fellow agents. You've got to have respect for your vendors. You've got to have respect for all the community. Otherwise, you're going to be out of the business. Absolutely. And with you saying that, you know, I, and us talking about MREA, and thinking of you know leads, listings, and leverage, and better serving your clients. We had a great conversation earlier about utilizing leverage, specifically in a transaction coordinator um, aspect, so that you can you know spend more time with your clients and give that ten plus plus experience. Uh, because when we think about the eighty twenty principle, you know it shows up in regardless of what business you're in. The eighty twenty principle is always there, and as an agent and someone busy like your Yourself, you know, spending time with the clients, delivering what you said you would deliver is so important. And sometimes, you know, tasky things like loading your documents or, you know, making sure, I don't know, something smaller that's not in your 20% is what you can leverage out to help you better serve your client. So, I mean, what, how does that help you and your business by utilizing leverage as a tool? It really gives me more time to actually do the things that need to be done. The, the monetary areas, the customer experience, which is the most important part. Yeah. Because if the customer has, I look at it this way. If you have a bad experience, you're not going to recommend me for anything. Mm-hmm. You won't even rec- recommend me to pick up your dog poop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you won't trust me enough for that. That is that is what I'm seeing a lot of. I have to be mindful of that because sometimes you can get overwhelmed with all the stuff going on and Absolutely. things will slip through the cracks. Mm-hmm. You don't mean it, but it happens. Mm-hmm. And people, for the most part, understand unless it's something that made them just lose their earnest money deposit, Mm -hmm. which they put up when they get the contract on the house. Mm -hmm. Uh, If they lose money or lose the home they've always wanted because you never answered the phone or you never took the time to make sure. And, And the best part for what I've learned with using leverage as I grow my business is... 
using a transaction coordinator. I've got Melinda standing by. She can take care of anything she needs. I'm still in the middle of the process. I'm still available by phone, text, anything. Anything happens within the process. If they have a question, I'm still here. It's just that part of it. It's amazing how that takes probably a week or two off my plate Mm -hmm. where I can better serve my clients Mm -hmm. just so I don't have to deal with that part. I have a list of people that I work with, uh, with with lenders, with home inspectors. Uh, people ask, do you do anything with appraisers? No, that's on the lender side. Mm-hmm. We have nothing to do. It is not. I mean, Florida statute keeps us out of that. Mm-hmm. We have nothing to do with your appraiser. Mm-hmm. But we do have something to do with educating you about the process. Yeah. Mm-hmm difference that leveraging your time so that you're able to do the things that help your clients that help them succeed to help your other agents succeed to help your mentees i guess the word is succeed Mm -hmm. i have the biggest feeling of just happiness when someone i mentor helps their client they get under contract and they close Mm -hmm. and they get that first check and that smile on their face that is just as special if not more than what i do for myself mm-hmm. absolutely because it allows somebody to get further in their career mm-hmm. and learn those ropes mm-hmm. because i went through baptism by fire mm-hmm. in so many parts of my life with different career paths and i can tell you something that is the reason why in our business we have such a high percentage that doesn't make it two years yeah. We're trying to change that. You'll be, I'm sure, just as baffled as this as I was, but I was talking to, um, you know, another one of our agents, I think it was two days ago, and uh, she said, Shane, I've got to go take care of something. I'm not going to be at our meeting today. And I said, okay, you know, what's going on? And she said, I have a client that I've tried to refer out, um, and but before they called me to get the referral, they had called five agents themselves, and not one had answered the phone. And so she was then stepping in to find a referral for, you know, this client that was, you know, elsewhere. But I'm just, I can't help but, you know, when we talk about people getting out of the business, I mean, that's the number one, you know, besides, you know, you got to know your contracts. Yes, but answer the phone, you know, do the work. And and when people are calling you, you have to be there. I think, um, I think a lot of opportunity is missed because people don't simply answer their phone or contact someone back, whether it's their mindset, you know, their their fear of having that conversation about a contract and getting it to close and what to do next. I'm not sure, but I was kind of baffled to hear that, you know, someone called five people in their area, not here, um, and they they struggled to find an agent. You know, and, and that's the thing, you know, you, it's like, what's CPAR at right now? Like over, like uh, over 2,000 yes. mm-hmm. agents. If you use the 80-20 rule, you get it down. Yep. To, to how many are really, really working, mm-hmm. really active. And then you cut that down even more to get probably a hundred agents out there that really do a lot of the work around here yep. and, and just constantly 20%. doing it. Yep. There are so many bless your heart days. <laughs> I've had just trying to have conversations, just trying to get the information out, trying to go, you know, it's like, well, I put everything on the, on the MLS. They don't look at they don't look at that. That's another part. Another key area is when you're working with other agents, make sure you do your prep work. Make sure you look and go through that listing. See what sort of information is there for you folks out there, the real estate on the MLS, the agent side, we have documents that go with the property. We have information, sellers disclosures, listing, you know, all this stuff you have to hear. Some of them even have the survey. That'll save you six hundred yeah. to two thousand dollars right there. Yeah, they'll have all this information about it. There's stiff agent notes on how to take care of it. With condos, you can't show them until you have a turnover, which means you've got one renter leaving, another one coming in. You've got that period of time in which the cleaners are coming in, taking care of everything. And then just after the cleaners are done, that little two hour window really uh, that you can show it. And it's usually like from one to three for a lot of these places. Just because you show up at a condo doesn't mean you're going to go see one. you got to set an appointment. And that's another area in which agents have to learn is working with others. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on the, the flip side to that is, um, you know, as the listing agent... 
exactly what Henry is saying, that's your job is to put that stuff in there. Are you doing your client a real service if, you know, your seller's disclosure is not readily available, if the title company is not readily available, if the photos are taken, you know, with your finger in the photo? <laughs> okay, you've seen it. I know. <laughs> and and so, I mean, is that, you know, the, the expectation you're setting for your client, you know? So if you're going to list a property, then list a property and do all the things that you should do to best help get the home sold in a timely manner. You know, I tell our agents all the time, if you're listing, you've got to have, you know, the basics, you know, title company, seller's disclosure, anything that's going to make it easier to go under contract. Because if you're doing the right things and doing the right practices, you may be out showing property from one to three. Well, what if between one and three, another agent wants to submit an offer to you about a different listing that you have, right? Well, you're busy. You've got a client in front of you that needs to be best served. It shouldn't take another agent to call you to understand who the title company is. Can I get a seller's disclosure? You know, what's going on with this property? If you've put everything that you need to put into the listing in the MLS, they should just be able to send you an offer because it's already there and available for them. Especially when you're dealing with condos. Understand the associations, whether it's a homeowner association, a condo association, understand who they are, what they do, what they service, the areas in which are the amenities, where do those fees go? Is there going to be a special assessment separate from your condo or homeowner fees? They're all this stuff you need to know about. Mm-hmm. It's really important that you take classes. Randy Poe is like the professor of condos mm-hmm. in this, in the really all the panhandle. Mm-hmm. He taught me so much. I have taken his course probably four or five times. And of course, that's primarily, I mean, that's a a major portion of the business that I do. Well, the reason why I'm able to have any sort of success is that times change, things change. He updates you on those classes, Mm -hmm. on what's happening and things that's going on. So you don't go into real estate with a big head thinking that you know everything and it's going to be this way. As somebody who has managed multi-million dollar radio television stations, uh, what I did in 1988, 2008, and today, totally different. Totally different. Mm -hmm. You can't go by what you've done all the time Mm -hmm. and expect to succeed. Mm -hmm. Times change. Things change. Just a few months ago, you could put a listing up. Six hours later, you have multiple offers. You're under contract. Today, just like I was mentioned before, got one under contract with 97 days on the market. Was, is there a problem with pricing? No actually is priced below what it appraised for. Mm -hmm. The market changed and people are not paying attention to the change. Mm -hmm. It's not 2008. We're not having the issues of bad mortgages. Mm-hmm. Now, people are starting to get worried about, you know, five, six, seven percent interest rates for home mortgages. Look at your credit card. I just simply want you to do this. I want everybody to pull out your bank statement. Take a look at your credit card statements. Where are those interest rates? Have you thought about that? It's a big difference. In 1982, we had 17% interest rate on average for a home mortgage. We're talking 8, 9, 11% in the late 80s. I was happy to get one in 1992 for 4%. I don't know how I pulled that off. And really the whole point I'm making with this, Shana, is that no matter what happens, change always happens. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We're never going to get out of the, you know, and there's, there's books on this. One of ours is called Shift, right? But it's never going to go away. You have, you know, a buyer's market or a seller's market. It's going to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And that's just the way, you know, the, the t- cookie crumbles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need to understand the market, the way things do change. And, and every day, you know, it could be solely different tomorrow. We, we're not promised tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. And if you look through history, there are cycles that things happen. There was a book one time, there was a radio station general manager in our sales department at a meeting telling us about this book where kind of like the attitudes in generations would change, where we would kind of shift down to more of the me, 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 and then to the we, we, we. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about community, not the other thing, folks. Don't be doing that. I see you over there making a snork. 
my producer over there can't not a, you can't do anything with her uh, but I can't help it my wife produces this but if you if you look at everything it's very much in a cycle you, you kind of go up and down throughout whether it's attitudes and the way we treat each other which you notice in each generation I mean it kind of feels like we're back in the 60s again in, in attitudes but it's also giving back into the 70s the way we were kind of reckless with things and people have to be careful with their money we have to be careful with our clients money and we have to be careful with our own money because if you're not then you cannot stay in business because this is a business and the most important part Shana I know for you as you help lead and guide agents and help people learn about what this business really is making sure they understand that economic side Mm -hmm. yeah I mean, it's called, we call it economic model. It's in the MREA book and we teach it so that, you know, we can better help our agents live their life worth living and run their business like a business. That's the goal. When you started out in the business, Mm -hmm. did you have this goal of what you were going to do five years from now? No. So. Makes a difference. You weren't here. (laughs) I wasn't here. No, but you know, my story is so different than everybody else's. Like, especially when I talk to people and that are getting into the business or, you know, thinking about changing up their brokerages, you know, I never wanted to get into real estate. Like, cause my, you know, you said it earlier on the podcast my mom has been in the business for 30 years, right? And so I always looked at her and I said, I'm not doing that. Like she would be like, oh, you know, you'll grow up and you'll be a great realtor. And I'm like, absolutely not. Um, that was not my goal. And so I worked with a, a large corporation for 10 years before I came here. And I did training and development with um, this company. And they actually, you know, put me through school. That's how I got my, my master's was because I got that privilege of, you know, going to school with them, you know, them paying for it really. And I'm so grateful for that. And I've always loved business. And after the hurricane happened, my job was destroyed here. And I didn't have a, I didn't have anything here because it was destroyed. And so I was being forced to go to Orlando or like no job, right? Which right. makes sense. So I um, left my job and the next day my mom came knocking on my door and said, you don't have a job. I need help. Go get your real estate license. You're joining me. And two weeks later, I had my real estate license. No five-year goal in mind, completely different than me now, uh, but just kind of winging it. And uh, anybody that knows my mom, she is not uh, someone that just gives things to someone. I had to work very hard for everything I have and to learn the business, especially because I wasn't here. Like I had to show up to title company classes. I had to show up to mortgage classes. I had to pay for additional training. And I had to have very hard conversations from my mom uh, to better me. So no, when I got into real estate, there was no five-year goal. Now there is, but at that time, no, I have a different story than most people. That's true. Mm -hmm. Thanks Shana for being on Sweet Home PCB today. We'll have more in part two of this conversation in our next episode. In the meantime, if you have anything you would like for us to cover or any questions about what we've talked about, you can contact me, sweethomepcb at kw.com. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, all those other good spots, I guess, at Sweet Home PCB, and of course, the website, sellingthepanhandle.com. Sweet Home PCB, powered by Keller Williams Success Realty, Panama City Beach, Florida, produced by Beach 95.1. We hope that you'll be here for the second half of this conversation. We've got more to talk about right here in Sweet Home PCB.